You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, this is Jonathan Bartolini. In the U.S., milk typically comes in plastic or glass bottles or cartons, but earlier this month, Strauss Family Creamery put a new kind of bottle in the milk case, one that combines a stiff paper shell with a thin plastic pouch inside. Julie Corbett, founder of Ecologic Brands, the company that developed the packaging, spoke with Green Biz Radio about the inspiration behind the package and how they'll know if it's successful both in protecting milk and drawing in customers. First off, could you give me a little background on how Ecologic Brands came about? I come out of the investment industry. I worked for a actually a, an Oakland-based investment manager for many, many years. I didn't know much about packaging. I didn't know much about the beverage world in general. Dealt with my clients and um, looking at you know at different types of investments for them. Basically, in, in September of 2008, we were as a family we were re- really trying to reduce the amount of waste that we consume in our house, and a lot of that was targeted towards you know minimizing the amount of plastic bottles that we buy for for ourselves in water or soft drinks or or juices. This investment opportunity came about in our firm, and it was basically a beverage company that was looking very appealing. So for the first time, I was exposed to a little bit about beverage companies and and, and how they push their product through. And this beverage company was about to launch a a new drink in the supermarket. And this new drink in the supermarket, which had never been launched, was kind of a smoothie-like thing. When they were talking about the volume sales that they were expecting, I was completely floored that a very small brand with very little national reach could talk in terms of tens and and hundreds of millions of bottles a year. And it really got me thinking, like, if this small brand expects to sell this much, how much much are these bigger brands? It was very eye-opening to me. And I realized, my goodness, there lies the problem. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of brands like this. No wonder we have such a problem on our hands. As a consumer, you know, when you start making different choices, it's one thing to make different choices, but it's another thing to think about solutions. So for some reason, in my my mind, I I just was completely perplexed by what would be the solution? How would we come about solutions? So I kind of embarked on a personal journey to really understand materials and all that stuff to understand, you know, what can be options. And the reality is, is that everybody's looking for the biodegradable plastics. Everybody's trying to re- enhance the recycling stream. But in the end, we're still making, you know, hundreds of bi- billions of bottles a year. And most of them aren't getting to where they need to go. And that's in the recycling bin or being recycled. I started looking at these biodegradable plastics and I realized they were really the, the magic bullet because they're so controversial because they don't really biodegrade unless they're in industrial composting. And there's very few facilities in the United States who actually do industrial compost. I really thought about paper, and, and, and if you think through the recycling stream, you think that, in the end, paper is probably the most successfully recycled material in the United States, Canada, um, and pretty much all over the world. And it inherently is so easy to recycle because it's a fiber-based product, and all the energy is, is really put into place in trying to make virgin paper because you're cutting trees and you have to make pulp to make paper. But once that process has been done, recreating paper out of waste paper is actually fairly easy and actually carbon minimizing. 
since it's such a successful recycled material and the infrastructure is there pretty much everywhere in the United States, I started thinking, well, what about a paper bottle made out of recycled material? But that, that's not so easy. It took an iPhone when I ordered my new iPhone to make me realize like there was a huge advancement. And when I looked at the tray inside my iPhone, it was made out of molded fiber. You know, I knew that they took molded fiber and they made egg cartons out of it. You know, we were all very familiar with that. But I didn't realize how evolved that technology had become and how beautiful. It really gave me the first idea of thinking, okay, well, what have you molded this, just like this tray in my iPhone? You molded this the fiber, and if the technology is there, into a bottle. But now, had you seen similar bottles to this before? Because no, we've seen I at least hadn't. a couple. Like, they're small examples, but we've seen them elsewhere in the U.K. And yeah, also. I think you're talking about Green Bottle. And no, I haven't. I, at that point, I, I did not, actually, to be honest with you. And also, just a caveat, being Canadian, you know, I drank my whole life, and like every Canadian, drank milk out of milk pouches, where you buy a milk pouch and you bring it home and you put it in a permanent container at home. These milk pouches are the most efficient the greenest way to actually manufacture and package milk compared to rigid containers. And there's about four grams of polyethylene versus about 56 grams of, of plastic used in a regular milk jug. So it's, it's super minimizing. And Canadians have adapted to this and have been doing it for 20, 30 years, per, proven, proven technology. Countries like Israel, the UK, South America, Africa, Africa bottles water in these pouches. This is what I'm familiar with, and I always wondered why there were no uh, milk pouches. Actually, it first started with origami. I thought if you created a shell, like by bending paper and folding paper and then having the thin bladder and a thin pouch inside, uh, you know, the Canadian milk pouch inside. So you have your pouch that, cre- that keeps the material in and, and keeps it kind of clean and sanitary uh, and aseptic, and then you have this shell that provides structure so it could sit upright and you could pour from it. Clearly, there's a reason why Americans aren't adapting to the cane milk pouch. Somehow, it's not an appealing format to them. They like rigid containers. This bottle is is really something that the, really is, is, I think, the perfect bottle to take Americans down the road to sustainability. One, because the first thing is that I think Americans have had the same packaging options available to them pretty much for as long as we all know. For all the new products and all the things that we've seen in, in the healthy living organic category, we're still stuck with the same packages. This is really finally giving Americans uh, the ability to choose. And the ability to choose is an important step into starting you know, on, on the road to sustainability. And you're currently testing it with Strauss and yeah, we Whole are, Foods. I mean, Strauss, we're as you know, I mean, they are such a leader in the environmental and sustainability movements. It was the first dairy west of the Mississippi, um, very beloved brand name by many, quality milk and cheese and yogurt. So, of course, it takes uh, an environmental story like Strauss to sort of try, try this and test this out. You know, it's not meant to replace their glass by any means, but there are people and channels that don't take glass but would love to drink Strauss milk. So this is to give their, their, their following or people who'd love to be buying their milk another option. So we're testing it, and, you know, of course, Whole Foods. Whole Foods has always, you know, been so supportive of new ideas and, and, and products. 
So it's, it was a natural to approach Whole Foods to be at the center of this test. And Whole Foods has been very supportive. And why we chose Oakland as our launching pad is, and, and our test center is that of all the stores in the Bay Area, Oakland is probably the m- most diverse in its set of, of clientele, socioeconomically, ethnically, urban and suburban. Just the overall kind of profile of consumers there is extremely diverse, and it's a very, very successful story in the whole foods chain. And we're an Oakland-based company. Everybody has to work out glitches, but it's been, uh, I think the consumer has been very um, clearly very receptive to it because it's doing very well. So we're very, very grateful. And with this test, did you get uh, Strauss to try it out first and then got Whole Foods buy-in to stock it? Because we're not coating the paper, putting it through the distribution chain where it's wet, it's humid, long distances are traveled sometimes, we need to test it all out. So that's why we chose only one store. Before we did this, this store test, we actually did a consumer test in June where we delivered it to people's homes. 150 people got this bottle. Half of them were loyal Strauss loyals. Half of them were people who don't buy Strauss, who buy regular milk cartons. People love the functionality of it. In fact, they love the grippability. It wasn't slippery like uh, milk cartons. It poured better. Children were able to pour it. What came out, which was a bit shocking to us, is how much people love the pourability functionality of it. But it's one thing for people to, to taste it at home and love it. It's another for it to make it through the, the rigors of the distribution net, network and channels that a bottle has to go through before it hits the shelf. After this test, it, it was clear to Strauss that it, this, there, there was some merit in this bottle, and uh, we needed to sort of see what it looked like on the shelf and whether consumers would actually reach for it and buy it. Is there anything significant from the test so far that you've learned? This has been a work in progress for two years, two long years in the making. To see the bottle filled and then put on trucks on loading docks and pouring, pouring torrential rain and, and looking at it on the shelf, and it actually looks pretty good. Maybe the label might be a bit creased or bumpy. But if the label's the problem and not the bottle, then you feel pretty good, you know? <laughs> because if the bottle doesn't look very nice, nobody's going to buy it. I mean, you know, we're still visual consumers. There's a lot of people who know a lot of things, but the average person does not have the bandwidth nor the time to be completely educated on the complications of what the, our recycling systems are, you know, what it takes to convert stuff into other things, the realities of it all how things are made, how things need to be. But they are interested. They do care about the environment. But they have very little choices. And with the test with Strauss and Whole Foods, how long is this going on? And at what point do you kind of say that the test is over and then assess from there? And if it's successful, what's the next step? The goals of the test are really to understand if there is a demand. When a, a new product is on the market, people might buy it once because it's a novel solution or it's a novel thing. Oh, this is cute. I'll buy it. But they don't necessarily come back and buy it. So what we're trying to establish, and it, it's important to establish, is so they take it off the shelf, they put, they put it in their shopping cart. But is it going to perform well enough through that even f- into the bag, into the car, into their fridge, and then pouring it on their cereal in the morning for them to like it enough to come back, 
or is it good enough because they may, they feel so good that they want to come back? And purchase frequency, we feel between eight or twelve weeks is a good time to sort of gauge if people are going to come back to it. And and you're if you're attracting new consumers, Strauss has a loyal base. They sell a lot of milk, a lot of yogurt. They're a very popular brand, but they have consistent sales and they they're slowly rising. Right, they're they're, they're doing well and they're they're experiencing growth. But are you attracting new customers because of this bottle, people who normally reach for another brand, for example? Are they now reaching for this brand that, that they've never used before? This is stuff you don't know in a week. But because milk is the highest purchase frequency item in the household, people tend to buy milk uh, once a week, if not sometimes more, that within an eight week, even maybe after four weeks, we'll, we'll know. But you just need to understand it. Is it just the buzz or is this a real thing? You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.